Welcome to the CISONomics Podcast, building understanding between information security leaders and the businesses that sell to them. Brought to you by Green Ridge Search. The relationship between CISOs and cybersecurity vendors can be tricky. They depend upon each other, though they don't always get along. In fact, CISOs routinely report that security sellers just aren't listening to them. In this podcast, we aim to bridge that gap inviting senior figures from the vendor landscape to interview CISOs and hear their side of the story. Welcome to the CISONomics podcast. I'm your host, Jake Sparks, cybersecurity headhunter and the founder of Green Ridge Search, together with our guest host for today, Stephen Grine. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Jake. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much. With 20 years of sales leadership and startup sales experience, Stephen's always on the front foot with go-to-market strategies and revenue growth, particularly within the managed security domain. He's a sales leader and business and revenue operations leader who's worked in a broad range of different areas, technology, cyber, SaaS, and artificial intelligence. And his specialism is revenue acceleration through alliances, partnerships, and channels. He's also a keen sales methodology trainer and public speaker. So once again, it's great to have you on the show, Stephen. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And today, Stephen's interviewing our guest, CISO Ashok Kakani. Great to have you on the show, Ashok. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Jake. Thanks for inviting me to this show. Total, total pleasure. Ashok's had 25 years in the security space with leadership roles at leading banks and insurance firms, including JP Morgan Chase and AIG. As CISO of Systems Integrator and Managed Security Business Inspira Enterprise, he's extremely focused on the importance of process, people and technology alignment in creating end-to-end solutions for clients. And now over to the guest host for this podcast, Stephen. Excellent. Thank you, Jake. And welcome, Ashok. It's great to be uh, be here, great to talk to you. Same, same here too. Excellent. I'm going to start off with a softball question here. Are you ready? Yes. Awesome. What's it like to be a CISO? What are, what are some of your pain points in being a CISO? Yeah, so the, the pain point being a CISO is that you, know, you are exposed to so many tools uh, which are there in the market, and the tools are designed to do a specific job. And then right, identifying the right tools and working with the, the different vendors and then making them talk to each other is a major challenge. And you know that in the current uh, the, the, the security space, cyber attacks are inevitable, right? So with, with the change in the, the workforce, working remote, et cetera, which, you know, the attack surface have, have gone up crazily high, no matter what. Um, the you know you cannot stop the um, you know the, the cyber attack. Only thing we can do is right. How can we build a better response plan, assuming that you no know, breach can happen anytime? Excellent. So that you know you gave me a lot of things to pick apart there. I mean, where do you want to, where do you want to start? Uh, tools. We can start about tools and interoperability. Uh, you know, what are some of the challenges with tools in our interoperability? Is that a situation where you might have too many tools, not enough tools, not the right tools, or is it a, a, about not being set up correctly for them to interoperate? Yeah. So a, a simple example is that you no, know, hey, you, if you have tools which are in place, but if the tools doesn't have an integration with your uh, ticketing system or integration with your SIM solution. 
then you are in silos, right? So that means people have to log into 10 different consoles to do an activity, which is going to be always a challenge, right? And then the time taken for integrating things, right? Creating some custom solution is going to be an additional pain point for any security teams. Well, excellent. You also said people. People are important. Is is there an issue with getting people who understand the tools or who can understand how to remediate or, any, or address any of the issues that come up? Yeah. So normally, right, my approach is very simple. It's okay, people, process, and then technology. So that means we need to think uh, about, right, how can we enable the right tools for the people to do their job? So that means, right, so if I can have a less tools fatigue for my team, and having the visibility from a single pane of glass, that will be my primary thing to look into. Excellent. Enablement's a huge, huge piece of the world. So how, how do you look for people who are enabled and how do you be enabled yourself to be able to accomplish your job? Yes. So, so normally one thing I do is that, right? So train the trainers is one concept I normally use it. So we bring in the subject matter experts and then the training the remaining team and what we call it is a build a standard operating procedure so that repetitive tasks can be given to somebody with a, with the minimum experience so that they learn to do through the job but the senior people can start working with the business and then align security with the business goals in place excellent so you know if, if you think about what kind of line of questioning we're looking at here a lot of it has to do with the technology and, and what technology you bring to bear how do you make yourself aware I, i'm assuming that you get uh, you know you have a lot on your plate a lot of things going on in your day how do you find out what's new and latest in the market so these the few things is that you know going into some of the security conferences and webinars is one of the key thing and then we also have few CISO Slack groups and uh, channels where we discuss about the new trend, new new attack surface, etc. And then I spend one hour per week, right, talking to a new vendor, new kind of new partner to understand, right, what they have done it, and then right, uh, so that you not know, to see whether that is going to get aligned to one of my customers' requirements. That's fantastic. I, you know, I I think that's the first time I've ever heard about somebody actually setting aside time to make sure that they expose themselves to new things in the market. So so tell me what tell me how how that person gets to you. How do you decide which vendor, which uh, which tool, which thing you're going to spend your your week on? Yeah. So I think few things which I look into is that you know, if somebody comes to me with the scary tactics that you know, hey you are. You don't have this one and then, right, I'm going to come and solve your problem, right? So I stay away with the, from them. It's more of, a, right, hey, come to us and then, right, hey, what is your current challenge? Is there any way I can help you out, right? So that way, at least it's more of a, a conversation with the business needs. So that way, right, so I have that conversation to take it forward. And sometimes, right, I see and then reach out to them directly sometimes if there is an immediate requirement for me. On a particular tool or technology. Interesting. So, you know, as a salesperson, I've always found it a bit difficult, especially in the security world, to kind of pry some of those needs out of a out of a, a CISO or a decision maker because you know you don't want to admit the problems that you have. You want you want to you want to find that partner first. How do how do you go about kind of deciding when you're going to kind of open up the kimono, as we say, and and talk a little bit more about the uh, the, the bluntness of what you're facing. 
Yeah, so so one of the things which I normally, and then I think maybe other CISOs can concur for this one, right? So it's, if you are a salesperson, try to have a network within the other salespeople and then right, understand what is that particular specific CISO needs. And then right, only the person who can meet that requirement alone, reach out to him, or you can do a warm handover if you have a direct connect with the CISO. So that would be the better opportunity so that you know, it's a time save for both for the seller and both for, you know, for the CISO too. Excellent, excellent. Let's focus, refocus it back on you. Tell me about your day. What do you end up doing on a day-to-day basis as a CISO? So currently, you know, I, I, I wear multiple hats in this current company. So I'm the internal CISO and also do be the client CISO. So that means, right, so I talk to the other clients, understand their requirements. And the key differentiator, what we try to bring in is that, you know, partner with some of the vendors and then build what we call it as an outcome-based solution so that it's more of a plug and play for a customer. And then, right, we do the POC and setup uh, so that, right, we understand what are the, you know, the immediate needs and try to see how we can quickly take them to that you know, maturity journey. I like the point of saying we're looking for an outcome. That's, that's a fantastic way to look at it. We're, you're, you're, you're trying to get an outcome. You're not just trying to get a service. So tell me about the differences between uh, what you see as people who are, who are working from an outcome perspective or a service perspective. How, how do those two match up? So I think you know, I've, been, I've been in this space for you know, um, so many years, right? So one thing is that lot of companies buy a very expensive tool and then it's you know they call it as a self-life right they keep it in the self because they don't have a right resource to implement it mm. right so but here it's more of a right when we are bringing in a solution we are also bringing in the product and then the right resources so that the time to implement is going to be a few weeks compared to you no know, few years so that way the, you know the clients can see their return on investment as quickly as possible so that so that's the you know the key differentiator you know we have to think about right as far as implementing some of those solutions so so think about that focus on tools again for a second you've got a client or yourself and you're looking at you know the 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 tool set that you have or the service set that you have how do you decide if you've got too much how do you decide if you've got too little what does that balance look like? So the first thing you need to see is that right before you go and buy a new fancy tool is what are the current tools you have and validate whether are we utilizing it to the fullest. And then right talk to those current vendors because you know each vendor comes out with new tools, new functionalities, etc. in the same tool. Example, right, Microsoft. So every few months they come out with new features added to the same product. So the, the key item is that you no know, verify and validate what are the current functionalities available in the tool and then do a risk-based approach, right? Do I have the right um, to monitor it and then control it? And if there is a gap, and then right, track it through your risk register and then if it requires a new tool to be added, then you go and add a new tool to it. Otherwise, it's going to be a tools fatigue for your team because at the end of the day, you may have a very small team and then right you don't want you cannot have a subject matter expert for each and every tool possible 
<laughs> Interesting point. So with that in mind, I'm going to give you a kind of a, a hard out of left field question here. What's more important, tools or service? So when when I see that, it's more of, right, um, you have to align more of uh, a business requirements or you know, a client requirements and build service around, around that. And then, right, as I, call, as I told earlier, it's people, process, and technology. So that means the tools you know, which are used uh, yesterday, they may not be valid today. So if you talk about some of the tools which were there in the market, they were fine-tuned or they were working for an on-prem solution. But if a customer is on cloud, that may not work. And then right, you don't want to build a, a workaround solution to uh, match the current tools what you have. So it's Excellent. more of a services, people process, and then finally the tools comes into picture. It's, it, it just goes so often. I mean, it, an unused tool is a useless tool. That's that's absolutely correct. Uh, across a number of different industries that I've had exposure to, I will say that the CISO network seems to be the tightest knit group of executives that I've ever come across. How important are referrals into what you do next or what your other relationships do next? Yeah, I think definitely right. So we we you know we actually you know validate some of the tools before we implement it. So we we don't want to buy a tool which is not going to meet the requirement. So that's when we reach out to the fellow CISOs to see whether somebody has already tested that solution and it is working, and then also validate right how much time it takes for you to implement those solutions. Though that way. When you are communicating to your internal board or your leadership team, you are giving them a timely approach, right? If, if a tool takes six months and if you go and say that you're going to do it in three months, then it's not going to work out, right? So that's why we, we talk to the fellow CISOs, understand what is the real-time implementation. So thereby, right, we are communicating our project plan accordingly. Excellent. CISONomics has a pretty wide range of people listening. What about that person who's listening because they're trying to figure out how to break into the cybersecurity market, whether that be uh, an introductory analyst or, or some other point within uh, the cyber industry? What would you give them as advice on how to how to get ready to be a cyber uh, a cyber official? I, and so you know, CISO, being a CISO is you know, it's, it's always going to be uh, right a different uh, different ball game. So I do, there are different type of CISOs, right? Few are technical CISOs, few are risk uh, no, based CISOs, and things like that. So there is no, no one one stop all so no, CISOs, right? Based on the the role or company you are picking it, right? You may have to wear multiple hats if you are getting into a startup company, right? So it depends upon you need to pick what is your core skills, and then right pick identify a role which is going to. Uh, exactly meet your requirements. So, so that's how I say that. You no, know, you can pick where you are more interested in, and then identifying a job which is going to meet your requirements. Excellent. So, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit uh, over to kind of how we as salespeople interact with you as decision makers a bit more. And one of the things I'd like to know is, you know, are we making progress? Uh, do you feel like the market is hearing what CISOs say and are following more about what your needs are, or are we living in a vacuum still? 
No, definitely. I think there's always the right positive and negative things, right? So definitely there are products coming out, specifically talking to the CISOs, understand their requirements. As long as you know the the, the product companies have a very close, uh, we call it as a you know, customer advisory board. So where they have an option to listen to the security challenges or the CISO challenges, definitely they are going to be in the game. But if they don't have a mechanism to get a positive feedback, more of a customer success feedback, et cetera, then right, they are going to become stagnant and then right, somebody else come come going to come and take over from there. Excellent. So you you know, you 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 brought up advisor. I'm gonna ask you to do some advice for us now. What about uh, this? What about the, is important from the from the standpoint of being a CISO? What should you make sure that CISOs are actually covering first? We have so many things that are within cyber, from uh, detection and response to malware to ransomware. We've got uh, forensics that are involved. There's all kinds of things that are in the 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 rainbow of of concerns for cyber. What are the things that you see CISOs kind of overlooking or not looking hard enough at that they should take a second look at to make sure that they're safe and their companies are safe? So normally, right, I think this will be my simple approach is number one is that, right, do you know what is your external attack surface, right? What is the risk from the outside for your company? And then the second one is that, you no, know, hey, do you have a proper identity management program? So does the people have only the right access and then right enable for a just-in-time access and a conditional access so that right so they you know they have a, a risk reduced risk identity management and then the third one i call it as i you know every time when you're talking about a breach we are talking about 35 million records getting breached etc that means you are exposing social security numbers pii pci data the thing is that you now, do you have a better data security program? So that means now, if something happens, how quickly you can identify right how many records have been compromised so that you can you can immediately respond. So that means, as I told, right, uh, cyber attack is inevitable. So that means if something happens, how quickly you can respond to that. So that means you need to have a proper incident response plan. And then right, you need to have a right team to do that. So that right, your time for containment has to be reduced as much as possible. And then you need to have a proper GRC program. So that way, I call it as these are maybe four pillars to you know to be uh, get started with. And then after that, you can add more you know, bows and whistles over this particular program. But this is the basic things you need to get started with. Excellent. So what about other uh, other companies who are looking at uh, MDR services, looking at trying to figure out how they supplement their internal organization? Uh, what are some things that, what are the top two, three things that they should be asking, looking at, or or justifying with their potential partner? Yeah. So when you're talking about right now, the, the, this is you know, initially started as the SIM, then so EDR, now you're talking about MDR and things like that. And then we are also talking about XDR, right? So it means these are all things that, you no, know, hey, we we had a, maybe a response time of few hours. Now you want to have a response time of few minutes. So that means right, you need to have a better visibility and a quick control, right? I think that's where, that, you know, based on the maturity of the company, you can think about, right, when these type of 
um, uh, implementation solutions, you need to bring it into table, right? So the safety hygiene is the first. And then the next thing is that bringing in the right MDR solution to meet your requirements will be the key item. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, what about uh, what about you yourself? What 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 are your plans? What do you want to do in your uh, in your future here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. One thing is that so now there are a lot of big companies who have a very big security teams. One of my thing is that you no, know, hey, how can we bring the same solution to a small medium business or a startup company? It's more of a plug and play. So, how can we bring in the Uber service or you know, uh, the you know the Lyft services into the security space, right? So that hey, you just subscribe for this one, and then right, you have all the basic things needed to protect or secure the company. So I'm working with the startup companies and vendors to build that type of you know end-to-end outcome-based solution for the uh, for the small medium business, etc. Excellent. So I, I, we talked a little bit about getting your time and you are actually doing something I, I said and I've never heard of, spending a, a portion of your week set aside to learn new things. Uh, how does a seller get your attention? How do, how would I get your attention to get that hour of your time? So I think that I think the pretty much is that no. So you can uh, you have an entry point in through any uh, webinar, security conferences, etc., um, so the the easiest point is that you know, when you are talk, when you get a chance to talk to a CISO, rather than you pitching about your product or your solution, you ask him, hey, what is your current challenge, right? And then that way, now if you can meet that particular requirement, it is good. If not, warmly hand over to somebody, right? Now, who can actually help uh, the CISO's problem? But you no know, validate with the CISO whether he is okay with the connection. So that way, right? You know, so the uh, the other vendors are not just constantly bombarding the CISO. So that will be the you know, the quick entry point. So once you are able to build that trust with the CISO, irrespective of the problem, you will you, know, be the first point of contact whom you'll be reaching out. Excellent. So the opposite side of that coin, what shouldn't we be doing what is the most annoying thing you get from a salesperson yeah i think the most annoying thing you have to think about is that no hey, the cso's have their day job right so you just randomly calling them onto their personal phones right at, and, um, and then without even texting and giving them a context right he may be in a, a board meeting presenting something right so Beno, before you call somebody, make sure that right you are texting them or getting getting their attention. Once they respond, get their time before you have a physical you know, calling them on their phone. So that will be a, a simple one. So as soon as you are into that block list, so that means right they are not going to pick your phone. So now you know, do your due diligence, right? Have maybe text them or email them. If they don't respond, that means they are busy or they are not interested. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, I really appreciate getting some time to talk to you, Ashok. And it's always a pleasure to hear from executives like yourselves who had kind of a, not only a pulse on what's going on in the market, but also understand the challenges of what's going forward. Any last thoughts about, you know, a challenge that uh, you, would, you would tell your brother and CISOs about and sister and CISOs about that they should pay attention to in the next, uh, you know, four or five months? 
yeah yeah i think definitely right i think one one thing which which i'm seeing it and then if you see any of the recent breaches right you are you are like you no know, 35 million records and then 100000 records right health records are getting compromised etc right now i would recommend maybe revisiting your data security program right so to see who have access to what and then right how many third party fourth party company have access so that do you have a visibility if something happens to a third party company what type of risk you have maintain that risk register and then have a an a, a better incident response plan so that right and um, you can have better containment or better visibility now with the new sec regulatory requirements right you need to report that incident you cannot um, uh, give different four different uh, answers at four different times so make sure that you have a better incident response plan and then right proper communication channel so that will be what i would recommend have a better identity and data security program uh, that's actually fantastic not only uh, not only understand what your problem is but understand what your contingencies and your plan of attack is should you uh, should you find yourself there that's awesome thank you again ashok i'm uh, i'm steven grind and i'm going to hand it back to jake jake thank you for having us here today this was a lot of fun it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you both so much i'm always blown away by the by the breadth and complexity of the CISO role from a from a technology perspective and from a people perspective and also starting to understand the ways in which CISOs interact with the sales process uh, so thank you so much for unpacking that and Ashok thank us thank you so much for giving us lots and lots of detail there's some really great stuff that we've taken away on this show much appreciated and hope to have you both on another time thank, thank you again. thank you Jake thank you Stephen for all the uh, good questions We hope you enjoyed this episode of Seasonomics from Green Ridge Search and that it met its aim of building understanding between information security leaders and the businesses that sell to them. We'd love your feedback and are always looking for new guests alongside the usual channels. You can email us at info@greenridge-search.com. At